Welcome to RAQA Today, the podcast that puts the fun back in quality, compliance, and regulatory affairs. Here's your host, Michelle Lott. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Ty. Let's talk about quality management systems today and, and really the fundamentals of what a quality management system is why you do one, and why they cause so many startup companies to have heartburn. So give me your initial impressions on on kind of quality management systems and, and challenges you see with them. First off, well, let's talk about what a quality management system is. And it's the infrastructure in which you carry out critical systems of your business that ensure both the quality of your product the physical quality, but also the processes in which you developed your product, in which you ensure it continues to meet the quality requirements that you specified. And without this kind of system of processes around it, you really have no insurances that your products are going to both be in compliance and ultimately not hurt anybody in the field. I can already hear people asking, you know, when you work with a smart, a small company or a startup and an entrepreneur, there's kind of this conversation that they always have. It's like, when is it too soon to implement? When do you need to start implementing it? Do you implement it all at once? How do you go from having nothing to something? And when is the right time to do that? At Leonor and QA, we kind of take a unique approach to that. Um, in that most people, especially most consultants, implement quality management systems in kind of a full meal deal package all at one time. You get everything um, you need, but most of the time it's before you need it. Um, what we like to do is scale those quality management systems so we implement them in phases and we, we give you what you need as you're doing particular activities. So the quality management system grows in scope as your business grows and moves towards commercialization. An example of that is for um, like products that are early in uh, concept development, you know, maybe we've done an early regulatory strategy, we'll implement design controls, maybe software controls around the product development early on. As suppliers are starting to be selected, we'll implement supplier controls. And then when we put the submission in, we'll build out the rest of the quality management system that the company will need for commercialization. Yeah. And, and you know, that's something that I think is really unique here at Lean RAQA. You know, I have a history of working in startups and small companies, and we've helped hundreds at this point with this kind of activity. And I feel like we see one of two issues, right? Well, really three. We see that there's no quality management system at all. We see that someone has gotten all the quality management system procedures and they're not customized. And then we see that someone might have borrowed a quality management system from another company and tried to modify it themselves for fitting. Let's talk about the challenges with those last two, you know, getting everything dumped on you then versus also taking a borrowed quality management system for, you know, maybe a, a similar product or from a past life and you're trying to modify it, but maybe you don't know the requirements. I think that those are really true challenges that we see a lot when people come to us. 
Well, quality management systems can be very much like a Cinderella shoe. And, uh, you know, the they'll take maybe a, a shoe or quality management system that was scoped for maybe her stepsisters that were much larger in feet. <laughs> than uh, Cinderella. And so, you know, kind of I see um, especially people that, that came from bigger companies that are now in the startup world that just borrowed the quality management system from their larger company. And then they've introduced an unsustainable level of requirements, bureaucracy, yeah. Things that might be have been controlled, not because they were regulatory quality requirements, but because it was the way the business wanted to operate. And they put these unnecessary um, controls and constraints on themselves that as a small company, they don't have the resources or maybe even the understanding to, to properly administrate. And an uh, improper quality management system also can cause its own compliance issues. Oftentimes it can be as bad as not having a quality management system. Yeah, I was talking to another team member that we have and you know we're both auditors and we talk about how almost, I would say probably 70 to 80% of non-conformances I write, maybe even more, they're against the quality management system that you wrote, not against the requirement. It's that you said you were gonna do something and you don't do it. And it happens a lot because these systems get so cumbersome and they end up just getting, you know, bloated to control having a team of 40 or 50 people where you need maybe that rigidity. But when you work with a startup that might have one to seven people, it's really, really challenging. I find that a lot of our clients can get can get stuck in that I don't even know what to do with this because it's just so much paper. What a lot of people don't realize is, is that the regulations and the ISO 1345, to a large extent, they just say, have a written procedure for this system. That procedure needs to talk about these specific things, or but it doesn't tell you how those things need to be done. It is up to you to define as long as that content meets the minimum requirements of what the procedure says it must do. It, you know, the world's your oyster in how you're going to choose to fulfill those things. But once you write it down on paper, then you're obligated to follow it. And, and so step one of, of an audit is the auditor or the inspector is gonna look at the regulation or the standard. They're gonna say, do you have a procedure? Does your procedure have these elements? And, and then they're kind of done with the regulation part. Then they take your procedure and they look at your record and say, all right, now does their records fulfill what they said they were gonna do in their procedure? And that's exactly where all of those audit findings that you were just talking about it arises is, you know, 95, 98% of the time that breakdown is between the objective evidence and the procedure. What startups also don't talk about is the cost associated with that, right? Because once you have started to put in this bloated quality management system, you're not 
making valuable documentation necessarily because it doesn't have the exclusions to what you're doing, right? So maybe you're just doing design and you have production and servicing and infrastructure for your office that maybe three people are in or maybe you're fully remote. And so you have to spend all this cost trying to generate documentation, meetings to figure out how you can meet a requirement, all this overhead and in, in, in expenses. And really, it didn't even need to be there to begin with. So, so what are kind of, you know, what are your recommendations for a startup that either has a bloated quality management system and they don't know what to do or, or doesn't have a quality management system and is looking to get one? Kind of what, what would be your recommendations? The, the key to either situation is to right size the quality management system based on the scope of operations that you're actually conducting and responsible for. Just make sure, because we were just talking about this before we were doing this video, we've got a new customer that has 26 procedures. He's one person and they don't even do most of the scope of the operations in the procedures. So like it, it, it really makes no sense. This is actually why I named the business Lean RAQA is because quality management systems are not one size fits all. Um, they should be tailored not only to the scope of activities where possible, but to the, the size and I guess the volume in which those activities are likely moving through, through the company. And, and all of those things, if you put those together and you make quality make sense, it makes it sustainable, it makes it affordable, um, and it makes compliance easy. And, and if you're struggling to do those activities on our website, leanraqa.com, we actually have a 21 CFR 820 rules and responsibilities checklist that you can download for free and actually start going through that checklist and just even see if it's applicable to the scope of your activities or not. It's a handy tool that you can grab and just kind of start brainstorming. If if maybe you need more or maybe you need less, that's a place to start. And that checklist also has columns for typical roles in the supply chain for a contract manufacturer, maybe you as a specification developer and a fulfillment or distribution center. So it's also um, where you can kind of break down who's doing what in relation to your product. And that will also help you know where you can write size and maybe control certain activities through a supplier management process. Well, Michelle, any last minute thoughts, anything else that you would like to add on quality, at least a high level introduction to quality systems and some of the challenges that we see? Well, to do the right things at the right time is critical because to put a quality management system in and then try to retrospectively build the records to support it. It's oftentimes uh, more expensive to do in retrospect. Uh, you are in a constant state of uh, non-compliance. So if the FDA was to come in, it could take something that could be maybe just a 483 and really escalate it to something that's gonna be very costly for you to manage. 
Yeah. Um, so just do the right things at the right time. Do them to the right size and extent. It's going to save you time. It's going to save you money. And it's going to save you a lot of stress in the long run.